is fast and exciting at the picturesque Woodbine and Woodbine Mohawk Park racetracks in Ontario, Canada. Woodbine Standard Bread, home of the Pepsi North America Cup, a summer classic. Pebble Beach in Iran. And Woodbine Thoroughbred, home of the historic King's Plate. But the mighty Philly has devastated them. Full fields, exotic wagers, iconic events. Play Woodbine Thoroughbred and Woodbine Standard Bread today at your favorite wagering location. Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's Racebook has the answer. Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the Racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our Racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service, bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. Horse racing fans, Los Alamitos Racecourse continues its celebration of 10 years of daytime thoroughbred racing with an action-packed two-week winter meet in beautiful Orange County. Opening day is Friday, December 8th, and racing will be held Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays through December 17th. First post will be 12.30 p.m. Pacific. Our December meet is our biggest daytime meet of the year with five stake races on tap, including three graded stakes events. Our opening Saturday will feature the running of the Grade 2 Starlet featuring an outstanding field of juvenile fillies. And on Saturday, December 16th, top juveniles will race in the Grade 2 Los Alamitos Futurity. Other top stakes events include the Bayacoa, the Soviet Problem, and the King Glorious. And horse players, the Los Alamitos On-Track Live Money Handicapping Contest is back on Saturday, December 16th. You could win a seat to the National Handicapping Championship in Las Vegas. For the contest format and more, go to LosAlamitos.com. Daytime racing is back at Los Alamitos. Opening day is set for Friday, December 8th. Celebrating over two decades of consecutive broadcasts on the great game of horse racing in Las Vegas, the Race Day Las Vegas show thanks all of our listeners and sponsors for your appreciated support. The following is a Race Day Las Vegas presentation in association with Sirocco Productions Limited on the Race Day Las Vegas radio network. From the gaming capital of the world, time for Race Day Las Vegas, covering the sport of kings with a Las Vegas perspective. Now, to the race desk with your host, Ralph Sirocco. From the backstretch to the turf club, at the race books and on the internet, to all horse players around the world, a good morning.
Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Race Day Las Vegas radio program again, coming from the South Point studios here at the South Point Hotel Casino, right from the Race and Sports Book here on the Fabulous Strip in Las Vegas, Nevada. We welcome you to the show, coming to you live and direct from this gaming capital. And of course, on this, uh, on this day, where we uh, celebrate Again, coming to you from these studios on this uh, sixth day of December, two thousand twenty-three. Your date one two six two zero two three. We welcome you to the show. On today's show, we have our usual handicappers. We'll have Jonathan Hardoon, which you'll be able to see. We'll have, of course, Rich Ang along with us to talk maybe a little bit about the uh, big football season coming up, and of course, John Lindo to wrap up uh, what's going on. In Southern California, as far as what happened at Del Mar on Sunday, wrapping up that meeting, and of course, we're looking ahead to Los Alamitos, and of course, Jerry Jackowicz will be along with his uh, views and uh, strategies on uh, horse racing, handicapping. Now, for the folks who are listening or watching us for the first time on the South Point TV uh, network, I want to remind everybody out there that uh, this, ra- this racing show combines uh, the coverage of horse racing, a little bit of sports to Las Vegas style, and so... That's what we're all about on the race day show. So we get right to it by reminding everybody that we did wrap up Del Mar uh, on Sunday, and uh, Southern California Racing will then go to Los Alamitos. That'll start on Friday. Everybody's really pumped up and interested into the Oaklawn meeting that starts on Friday as well. I understand that for the first two days of entries at Oaklawn, they've had an overabundance of entries. So we're going to have a lot of great racing coming in from Oaklawn Park. But at this time of the year, they hold a huge symposium on racing at the University of Arizona down there in uh, Tucson, Arizona. And all the big leaders of racing from the organizations and the regulators and the track management and the presidents and racing from the folks who handle uh, all of the stuff at the racetrack, of course, and of course all of, uh, all of the other things that happen with, uh, with the, the horsemen, etc. They all get together trying to make this sport better and they rehash and continue to rehash a lot of problems in racing a lot of uh, you know things that they could uh, very well solve by just getting together like for example the one thing that i think really irks all of us horse players is the fact that you'll have a multitude of racing signals coming in and the racetracks will run a race on top of the other guy coming in. Now, look, we can only watch one race, and we're participating as we uh, we are now with technology. Uh, horse racing fans are participating in many different pools, and we wait 30 minutes for that two-minute excitement of watching our wager run. And for a lot of times, and we're talking about major racetracks that run major stakes races on top of each other, where they'll both break from the gate at the same time. It doesn't help the customer's experience in horse racing, what it's all about, the rush of watching the race and winning the race. And if they just would have some way of spreading them out, I know, I look, I've sat next to a lot of guys that say, man, I got this horse, but I can't, you know, I'm waiting. He, and he says, oh, I won the race, and the other race went off, and it was too late for him to make the bet off of his win of the race that just ran. They can up the paramutual pools they can up the take they can up the betting by just simply spreading out these races and it's not rocket science 
Other things uh, that happen, of course, at the symposium, they're talking about uh, a lot. Uh, they're talking about the racing industry starting to detract and, and um, a lot of racetracks that are going to be closing. They think that more racetracks will be closing, and we, we've just seen that Golden Gate is on life support now. Turf Paradise just got a reprieve to have uh, some horse racing next year, but we don't know what's going on there. You remember Hollywood Park and Arlington Park and Calder Racecourse are gone now. So those were some of the things that we were talk, they were talking about the symposium. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens from that symposium that's happening right now at the University of Arizona. Of course, uh, we have uh, a lot of other things to talk about, and we will. Uh, we're going to go to our first break, and when we come back after our first break, we're going to get into the racing menu, some racing news, and got our first guest, Jonathan Arduna, standing by. I can see him. I don't know if you can, but I can. <laughs> and uh, we'll get started on this uh, return to the South Point Studios with the Race Day Las Vegas radio program. We hope you're enjoying it. We'll be back. Don't go away. Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's race book has the answer. Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the race book right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our race book is completely separate from the sports book and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service, bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. Horse racing fans, Los Alamitos Racecourse continues its celebration of 10 years of daytime thoroughbred racing with an action-packed two-week winter meet in beautiful Orange County. Opening day is Friday, December 8th, and racing will be held Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays through December 17th. First post will be 12.30 p.m. Pacific. Our December meet is our biggest daytime meet of the year with five stake races on tap, including three graded stakes events. Our opening Saturday will feature the running of the Grade 2 Starlet featuring an outstanding field of juvenile fillies. And on Saturday, December 16th, top juveniles will race in the Grade 2 Los Alamitos Futurity. Other top stakes events include the Bayacoa, the Soviet Problem, and the King Glorious. And horse players, the Los Alamitos On-Track Live Money Handicapping Contest is back on Saturday, December 16th. You could win a seat to the National Handicapping Championship in Las Vegas. For the contest format and more, go to LosAlamitos.com. Daytime racing is back at Los Alamitos. Opening day is set for Friday, December 8th. from drf.com is the exclusive past performance content provider for the race day las vegas show all right back on race day las vegas for this uh, wednesday kicking off another week of uh, horse racing around the country uh, from these uh, beautiful confines here at the south point the only uh, race and sports book in the city of las vegas that's separated you have the sports on one side, you have the horse racing on the other side, and the customers of both are very happy about that, that's for sure. 
Coming up this week, uh, on this uh, Saturday, we have uh, the Louisiana Championship Day going on at the fairgrounds. There'll be nine Louisiana Championship races, all the divisions. There were 80 horses entered in in this uh, event, and that'll happen on Saturday. And, of course, Golden Gate will have a stakes race. So will uh, Gulfstream Park has two. Los Alamitos will have uh, one. Oaklawn Park will have two. Uh, Tampa Bay will have a couple of stakes races and Woodbine as well. As far as the temperatures are concerned right now around the country, well, it uh, looks uh, pretty good here in Las Vegas. We're 46 degrees outside. We're going to get up to 70, 70 degrees today. Enjoy it because then we get down to the mid-50s again. And as far as uh, the rest of the country, well, there's going to be a lot of action going on in the great northwest. But, uh, again, uh, there's no racing up there right now and none in Southern California today. The Gulf is clear, and uh, as far as the East Coast, a lot of action going on over New York. I can't wait to hear what Jonathan has to say about the weather there. But uh, we will, of course, now go to the racing menu of racetracks available today. In the Racebook Simulcast Centers and racetracks around the country, we remind you that the first post-times rebroadcast on this show each and every day reflect that at the Pacific Time Zone, because that's where we're at here in Las Vegas. And these will be the first post-times that roll out in our racebooks today. So if you're listening... On the multitude of platforms that we have around the world, like our websites, racedaylasvegas.com.vegas.world.global, your iPhone or your Android with your KSHP app that you can put on your device so you can hear us now, on many different podcasts uh, that we have, and certainly here at uh, southpointstudio.tv and on YouTube, wherever you're getting us. If you're not in the Pacific time zone, adjust to the Pacific time zone for these first post times because I don't want you to miss anything. I don't want you to miss, uh, you know, getting a, a shot at uh, some action. So I don't want you to miss anything like, of course, I miss mom and dad. Okay, here we go. We begin with uh, Parks Racing. Parks Racing has uh, 10 races today. And they've got that, uh, you know, the, the two pick five jackpot carryovers that they will always post on Equibase. We'll give you both of them. Jonathan Arduno will tell you exactly which one is which. But they posted one at $123,043. The other one is $141,544. First post time at Parks today, 9.05. Remember, this is Pacific time. Then we go to Mahoning Valley Racecourse. Mahoning Valley is next. Uh, Mahoning Valley has uh, a pick six jackpot carryover, $2,217. Their first post time at Mahoning Valley is 9.45 for their eight race card. Then we go to Tampa Bay in Florida. Tampa Bay Downs. Uh, they have a super high five carryover left over from uh, Sunday. This is not a jackpot, a regular super high five carryover of $3,066. And uh, they have a pick six jackpot carryover of $12,030. And uh, Tampa Bay has a first post time for their nine races at 9.50 today. Then we go to Turfway Park. Turfway Park, uh, big fields at Turfway. Man, they got a lot of horses there. Turfway Park has nine races, full fields, all as far as Turfway Park is concerned. And uh, they got a super high five carryover. Again, a regular one, not a uh, carryover uh, with a jackpot. But the super high five carryover of Turfway, $4,117. Their pick six jackpot carryover, $28,916. First post time for the nine races Turfway t- today is at two fifty-five. Then we go to Penn National. Penn National has a first post time of 3 p.m. today. They've got seven races at uh, what we call Penn Nat. Penn National's first post time with a super high five jackpot carryover. $1,464 is at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Delta Downs is next. Delta Downs has eight races. Their first post time is 3.05.
And then we have uh, Charlestown races. Charlestown, of course, uh, first post time, 4 p.m. at Charlestown. And they got a pick six jackpot carryover today of $109,403. Good stuff at Charlestown today. First post time is 4 o'clock. And Remington Park wraps it up. Remington Park has nine races. And their first post time at Remington at 5.05 Pacific. Of course, that's the uh, menu for today. Got to tell you, here's some uh, of... uh, News that I'm sure that uh, Jonathan will uh, help out with uh, from the Daily Racing Forum uh, desk. Uh, the average handle per race rises in November. The under- average wagering per race in the U.S. thoroughbred races held in November was up 7.5% over the same figure last November, so that's good. Of course, you know that Arizona Racing Commission has officially approved racing dates for Turf Paradise, and that will start a 57-day meet on January 29th. Oh, Jonathan's going to love this one. The New York Gaming Commission is going to uphold the disqualification of Forte and a, a, dis, uh, and a suspension of Todd Pletcher for uh, the run, the win in the hopeful, the grade one hopeful at Saratoga back in nine, uh, 2022. And, uh, yeah, I know. And uh, 10-day suspension, $1,000 fine there. We'll wait and see what Jonathan has to say there. And uh, all in all, those are some of the some of the highlights of uh, of the uh, news for the day. All right, let me bring in Jonathan. Good morning, Jonathan. Good morning, Ralph. How are you? I'm fine. I uh, <laughs> I know that you were going to laugh about the Forte thing. Now we still got the Bob Baffert thing going on with the Justify. I understand that uh, we understand now that Justify has officially been disqualified to the San Anita Derby. The money is going to go to the second place finisher, the uh, Baltiora Coast. Baltiora. Yeah. Right. Uh, now, Churchill Downs in Louisville, Kentucky says they're not changing the result of the Derby, so Justify still has the Derby. And we got Forte now, who's been disqualified from the Travers. What's a mother to do? Huh? Who knows? And they're all going to be breeding this year. So in two years, we'll have a Forte and <laughs> a Justify showdown for, for all the money. It's ridiculous, Ralph. I mean, these things have to be adjudicated quickly. There's no reason to drag it on for years. You know, we have some other breaking news for you, by the way. It is now official. It is now official that the Belmont Stakes will be run at Saratoga on June 8th, June 8th, at a mile and a quarter. They are going to have a four-day race festival, June 6th through June 9th, 23 stake races, almost $10 million in purses, including the Belmont Stakes, which will be at Saratoga on June 8th and be run at a mile and a quarter. Then assuming with the $10 million of stakes races up for grabs, that uh, short, uh, small, uh, I would guess we can call it the Belmont Stakes meet, that all the, we can. All the, uh, all the um, stakes races that are usually held at Belmont Park uh, in conjunction with the Belmont Stakes that Friday and Saturday, those would be the races also that will be up there that weekend? Yeah, obviously. They're, gonna, they're moving Aqueduct or Belmont to Saratoga. And they're even this is not official yet, but they're talking about running every year they run a Belmont at Aqueduct meet after Saratoga closes. Right. Well they're talking about doing that and leaving them in Saratoga for the extra month in September. So instead of running Belmont at Aqueduct, they will be running Belmont at Saratoga. Now that I totally confused everybody, stay tuned. No, but wait, that that kind of makes sense, and I'll tell you why it makes sense of because of the shipping of horses. This is not across the street. You got to you got to break down a barn, ship it all the way up 
to the northern part of the New York State rather than down in the city where uh, the racetracks at Belmont. Well, Belmont's actually on, uh, you know. But there around. is somewhat, there is a little bit of a problem with that. People rent houses that live up here. They mm -hmm. rent them for the, for the Saratoga meet. Yeah. And then they come back and their kids start school or whatever, and they go back to work. Mm -hmm. What are they going to do now? What are those people, what are they going to do? Evict everybody September 1st? The people that rented the houses, you know what I mean, for July and August to spend up in Saratoga? Yeah, it's going to be a kind of, kind of, it's going to be kind of a mess, that's for sure. But, um yeah. I could see because, you know, either you run. It the makes sense. It makes sense. But the logistics of pulling it off is not going to be that easy. No, it is not. That's for sure. But then again, you either run the Belmont at Aqueduct down in the city or you're going to run it up at Saratoga. But logistically, as far as the moving of the horses, et cetera, it's a lot easier doing it that way than it is going back and forth, back and forth. A hundred percent correct. Not only that, they can't even work horses at Aqueduct. They don't work horses. They ship them in the morning of the race. Right. They're still working at Belmont and doing everything else at Belmont. They just come to Aqueduct to literally run the race, and they go right back to Belmont. There are no barns there, no stables, nothing. All right. Now I can, I can start building up the uh, heat under you right now again. The symposium in Arizona. Now, they were talking about... Uh, more guardrails on play in the future. Those guardrails are the late money that comes in and changes the odds, etc. Looks bad for players, etc. They're going to try to the computerized account wagering companies, and they pour billions of dollars into the handle, and that's why they they're getting away with doing that. But uh, the officials know that they have a problem. They need to um, report the late money coming in almost instantaneously. I mean, we got the stock market that trains uh, you know trades millions and billions of tra transactions within seconds. It's really simple. They have to update the computer system to handle this if they're going to take the billions of dollars and still, uh, you know, gain the trust and the integrity of the game for the players who, uh, you know, of course, are the it's just It's terrible, Ralph. It's really terrible. First of all, you remember our good friend Patrick McQuiggan used yeah. to say it was insider trading, and yeah. he's right. It is insider trading when people get that extra edge. Not only that, it's the worst thing in the world when you bet a horse that's 5-1 to one and you go to the window and you're getting 5-2. to two. You know, that'll chase more people away than anything else. They complain about the take, and they're right about the take. The, the take should be lower. But nothing is worse when you're getting expecting to get $10 and you're going at $7. You know, that turns gamblers off more than anything else. It does. It turns gamblers off more than losing the race outright. Of course. Yeah. No question about that. And not only that, majority of the time, the money's right. It's not like they make me, you know, on occasion, you'll see a horse go up. But for the most part, eight out of 10 times, the odds on the on the winner are going down. Well, you know, it just doesn't look right. It just looks terrible. Well, you know, in sports, they have uh, betting uh, within the games. And maybe right. uh, they, in line, they did. In line things, yeah. Right. In and, line. They, and they did try a little bit of that in horse racing when you could uh, actually get in the pool, a half mile pole or whatever. But it, it, I, I don't, it hasn't caught on yet. But maybe that's, that's one of the things they can explore. That's for sure. Now, something interesting is going to happen on Friday, by the way, at Low Sal when they open up. You yeah. know, they're trying something and they're calling it adjusting the yards. Mark Radsky, who's worked for Low Sal for many, many years, sure. this was his idea mm -hmm. to post a new morning line after the third race or whatever before each race. So you will, th this way, they're not going to be able to catch the money that's, that's bet wrong. Because, you know, usually a pick three, that's the favorite. That horse will end up being the favorite. So they, he's, they're going to make an adjusted morning line 
you know, anything that they're going to try can't be bad. So they're trying this. We're going to see how it goes. I'm not exactly sure that it'll work, but listen, no harm in trying. Well, we will certainly ask uh, Bob Mazursky when he joins us tomorrow covering Los Alamitos. But what you're saying is then uh, they're going to adjust the morning lines uh, after the pools start to, to reflect what the pools say the payoffs will be. Exactly. Okay, good. All right, racing symposium. Uh, Heisa was there <laughs> doing their thing. <laughs> they didn't invite me. <laughs> uh, I just, you know, uh, the, you know, they, they, uh, Lisa Lazarus was the chief executive officer of the Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Authority told a packed conference, that room was packed for this one, for this, uh, you know, this uh, uh, event. Racing officials, she told racing officials on Tuesday that the organization she leads remains focused and committed to its missions of improving the regulation of racing and the safety of the sport. Okay. What does that mean? What yeah. does that mean in English? <laughs> uh, it looks like a word, it looks like a word salad to me. I want to know uh, if anybody asked the question or if she gave the answer that I don't see right here. That uh, what about the the adjudications that you make and the rulings that you make and the disqualification disqualifications and suspensions that you make unjustly that you correct later but have ruined that person's um, you know uh, livelihood in the meantime. And they've done it to plenty of trainers, Ralph, and some big trainers as well. I mean, there was a trainer in the Midwest that they literally put out of business, and then two weeks later they apologized for their mistake. Well, who's going to make that apology good? You know, well, big deal. They apologize, but meanwhile they ruined the guy. So Here, here's, here's what they say. The chairman of the International Horse Racing Rules Committee urged North American racing jurisdictions to abandon their current protocols for deciding disqualifications of horses for racing infractions, saying that an anticipa- uh, accepted uh, an acceptance, I should say, of rules in place in most major racing countries worldwide would benefit betters, owners, and the public perception of the sport. In other words, they want to make it uniform. Make yeah, okay, uniform makes is fun. Yeah, but just get it done. Before they start handing out suspensions and everything, let's get the set of rules up front so everybody knows what they're dealing with. Don't do it on the fly. Don't say, oh, well, we found something in a horse. This horse, this medication isn't on the list. Well, now it's on the list. Well, you can't do business like that. Make the rules in advance. Let everyone know what they are and what the penalties are if you get caught or if you do something wrong. Not even a question about that. The racing symposium has always been a good idea. I mean, I went there years and years ago when I was working at Hollywood Park uh, in Southern California uh, as a representative of Hollywood Park then uh, with a team of people that went there. And uh, most of the time, you know, you get to socialize. There's a lot of guys that miss a few of the uh, panels and go out and play a little golf on one of their great golf courses, et cetera. And, and the lounge uh, in the uh, hotel, the beautiful hotel that they hold this symposium in is uh, that uh, lounge is always full uh, right after the uh, the uh, the event uh, for the events for the day and of course the evening. So socializing is part of it, but you got to take the ideas that are, are are started there and are debated there and bring them back and start trying to implement them. And it and you can't have ideas for twenty four hours and then when they leave there they forget about them till next year when they come back. Well, they have I- to follow. And I'll tell you why. When they get back to their, you know, their confines of their, their geographic area, people will tell them, well, we can't do this because of this or that. 
I think what they ought to do is take some of those suggestions, implement them, and if they're not right, if they're wrong, if it, if it doesn't work in their jurisdiction, then, you know, rescind it. Go back to the old ways. And, it, right. and tell people out there, listen, some of these things that we're doing are going to work, some are not, but we're doing everything for the benefit of you, the customer. And I think the customers will understand. At least if they see, if people see them trying to do the right thing, then they can't possibly complain because we're trying to do the right, right. thing and we screwed up or it didn't work. So we have to re, re, you know, think it or whatever, but at least do something. And these post times that run on top of each other, nothing oh. is more aggravating to a player. Not only that, people want to cash tickets to go bet the race. All they're doing is hurting their own handle. You and think? when you have Gulfstream running on top of Santa Anita, they're owned by the same people. What are they thinking about? Who's in charge here? I think they ought to have a, a player sitting. It's at, like an air traffic controller. Yeah. You got five minutes. I mean, it's. Uh, they ought to have a. Play. I understand that there's going to be a time in the day when there's a foul or there's a long photo or something that's going to screw up the times. But you have to work with it. You can't have races running on top of each other. Nothing. Nothing, not even the odds drops aggravates a horse player more than that. Not even a question about that. I agree in that it's a simple thing to rectify because if we can see all those signals sitting in a race book 3,000 miles away from some of these racetracks, certainly they can have a, a central place where they have somebody sitting there uh, in communication with the outriders, yeah. etc., at the racetrack, saying, "Listen, we're going to back stream up three right. minutes. We're going to move to the right, right, right." I mean, we all know that. Just uh, do a little direction there. That's all, and uh, they will up the handle. I guarantee you, they'll up the handle over ten percent. Easy. More than that, I promise you, you're right. You're 100% right, right, Ralph. People have to cash tickets. They're playing on limited funds sometimes. You know, they have a bankroll, whatever it is. You can't tie up money and then not be able to. Be Oops, they just ran that. I wanted to bet that race. Well, I was waiting for this race to turn official. Yeah. No good. You know, there's a lot of times guys have bankrolls that they sit there and say, well, wait a minute, I want to just watch this race first before I make the next bet. And they go, Anyhow, exactly. we're complaining. We're complaining to people who are uh, agreeing with us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, we uh, you you have a ra you have a sheet today, a handicapping sheet for Tampa Bay, right? I do, sir. Give me a winner. Would you like a winner? Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's look at their last race today, Ralph, which is the ninth race, okay. and the number ten horse in here, Tracy Ann's Legacy. This is a seven-year-old mare from the Joe Orsino barn. Coming off of a layoff, but get a load of this, Ralph. This horse is four for six at Tampa with two seconds, so she's never run worse than second. Joe Orsino starts the meet off at three for seven at 43%. The horse is listed at nine to two on the morning line. Number 10, Tracy Ann's Legacy wins today's ninth and final out of Tampa Bay Downs. Okay, Tracy Ann's Legacy in the ninth race, Tampa Bay today. Number 10, Tracy Ann's, uh, Tracy Ann's Legacy with Camacho aboard, is uh, your play for the day. Camacho. Yeah. And uh, they can get the rest of the sheet at your website, right? Yeah, J-O-N-H-A-R-D-O-O-N.com. Now, before I let you go, for those folks who are watching on TV, you've got a beautiful painting behind you in horse oh, racing. Oh, I didn't even... And, and <laughs> let me tell you, uh, no, um, you remember I used to call races in another lifetime. I'll give you the two horses that's in that painting behind you. Secretary, I know you will. Secretary and Affirmed. No, Secretary and Shem is who I think it is. Hold on. Wow. It, it happens to be Saratoga, by the way. Oh, they, you know what? You're right. I know I'm right. I, 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 those I, are Calumet colors. Those I, are I know I'm right because I know those colors. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. So You're go, right. All right. So go find Sham and we'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ralph. Stay safe and be well. All right. You got it. Anyhow, anyhow, folks, we'll be right back with Rich Ang standing by. Now, Richie doesn't have a sheet for anything today, but we're going to tap his head a little bit and his um, set, his handicapping set on all of the abundance of bowl season, college bowl games, and the NFL as well. So don't go back. This is Race Day Las Vegas coming to you live and direct at the South Point Studios here in Las Vegas and also on KSHP 1400 AM, 107.1 FM, and a whole bunch of other places. Don't go away. We'll be back. Horse racing fans, Los Alamitos Racecourse continues its celebration of 10 years of daytime thoroughbred racing with an action-packed two-week winter meet in beautiful Orange County. Opening day is Friday, December 8th, and racing will be held Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays through December 17th. First post will be 12.30 p.m. Pacific. Our December meet is our biggest daytime meet of the year with five stake races on tap, including three graded stakes events. Our opening Saturday will feature the running of the Grade 2 Starly, featuring an outstanding field of juvenile fillies. And on Saturday, December 16th, top juveniles will race in the Grade 2 Los Alamitos Futurity. Other top stakes events include the Bayacoa, the Soviet Problem, and the King Glorious. And horse players, the Los Alamitos On-Track Live Money Handicapping Contest is back on Saturday, December 16th. You could win a seat to the National Handicapping Championship in Las Vegas. For the contest format and more, go to LosAlamitos.com. Daytime racing is back at Los Alamitos. Opening day is set for Friday, December 8th. Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's race book has the answer. Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the Racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our Racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service, bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. Alrighty, back on Race Day Las Vegas on this uh, return show to the South Point Studios here. And uh, boy, I'll tell you what, everything was working great. Let's go to uh, Rich Ang standing by. Richie, good morning. Hey, good morning, Ralphie. Well, I know you've been listening. And uh, I guess uh, the common denominator with all of us, including 90% and 99% of the people uh, listening out there that play the races, is about trying to adjust post times. But uh, you have a take on that. Yeah, well, there's two things. Uh, you know, the thing with post times, if, if any uh, of the listeners have gone to the races in Europe, uh, what they do over in Europe is they assign a track a specific time. For example, like they might say the the 12.35 from Newbury or the uh, the 12.50 uh, from uh, Ascot, you, you know, and they could do that in the U.S. You'd be able to put six tracks in a rotation, 
and just keep giving uh, the customers a race every five minutes. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, that's a pretty simple answer to that, you know, that's already in place for years over in European races. Uh, a second comment I'd like to make was I heard you and Jonathan talking about improving the uh, tote system so that it's more like the stock market, instantaneous. And uh, I had a conversation, I, I won't name the executive, but I had a, uh, the last time I went to the symposium, I had a conversation with someone that you and I know who was running a, one of the big tote companies, and he was real candid, Ralph. He said that there is, because of the thin margins that these tote companies make on the handle, there is very little incentive for research and development. He said, we'd be more than happy to do the, the, the research and development and improving the programming if the racetracks would be willing to pay for it. And, that, and the racetracks have not been willing to step up to the table to pay for it. And you know if the racetracks are, are going to be uh, on the hook to pay for it, the next person down the line that gets to pay for it is John Q. Customer. You know that. <laughs> yeah, like an increased takeout. That's yeah. how you generate money for the, yeah. for the tracks. And, and they'll look at us and say, well, you guys wanted it. Yeah, okay. Anyhow, um, Richie, I know that uh, you'll be doing Los Alamitos. Uh, you're going to uh, take a trip this weekend to celebrate your birthday with your family. That's nice. I'm not going to ask you how old you are because I know I'm always older than you. But in any <laughs> any case, uh, you'll you'll be gone for the weekends. We won't have you on Saturday and Sunday. So I wanted to kind of tap you on the shoulder right now with the abundance, the sea of college bowl games that's going to happen. I mean, this thing is like getting bigger and bigger all the time. Last time we counted, I think you said there were uh, 41 individual bowl games that will be uh, played through uh, the first weekend uh, of uh, New Year's. And then, of course, the championship game, the playoffs and the championship game as well. Lots of stuff to go over. Yeah, you know, in past years, Ralph, uh, I think you remember uh, a system that I've used that actually have been able to use with much success is I take a look at the uh, bowl results from the previous year and I look at which conferences have done well in covering the point spreads, not necessarily winning the games, right. but covering the point spread, because that's that's what matters to us. The betters is uh, you know, uh, good teams win, great teams cover, and so you want that cover. And also, I take a look at conferences that are bad at, at covering, and um, you know, so for example, I, I'm going to share this with the folks from the 2022 bowl season, uh, the best bowl records against the spread. Uh, the actual best conference against the spread last year was the Atlantic Coast Conference, the ACC. And I think that's an interesting angle. They were 6-3 and three in bowl games covering the spread. This is the conference that has Florida State that got left out of the college football playoffs mm-hmm. because the commissioner said that this was the weakest of the Power Five conferences, so their strength of schedule was very low. Um, I really think that's going to be an incentive for the other members of the ACC to play their A game. So that might be an interesting angle is to play the ACC teams because the commissioners already said, you guys basically stink. And that's why Florida State, you know, with missing their quarterback is not in the final four. Um, another angle of winning was the independent schools were four and one in last year's bowl games. Uh, I took a look at who from the independents made the, uh, the bowls this year. Yeah. Unfortunately, only one 
Notre Dame is is still considered an independent, even though they play a lot of games uh, in the ACC. They're an independent, so uh, uh, I, I would recommend probably taking a look at Notre Dame uh, to play. The, the conferences that did badly, really badly, one right on top is the Mountain West Conference. Last year, Ralph, they were one in five against the spread in the six bowl games. And uh, I forget how many are in this year, maybe five, maybe six, maybe seven. But they were just horrendous against the spread last year. Another conference that was bad against the uh, spread was the Pac-12. They, too, were one in five against the spread. And then a final conference I'll mention that was bad against the spread was, uh, believe it or not, the uh, Southeastern Conference, the SEC. That's where Alabama and Georgia are from. But they were 4-7 and seven against the spread. So those are just some uh, thoughts, some angles for moving forward. But, Richie, this year there is a new dimension, and that's called the transfer portal. Talk about a little bit about that. Yeah, the transfer portal was actually in effect last year, but maybe not as popular as it has been this year and what the transfer portal is is basically kids uh, have a window of time where they can declare that they're going to uh, leave the school that they're playing for go into this transfer portal which uh, if you can equate it to the uh, National Football League or uh, other pro sports Mm -hmm. you become a free agent and uh, what happens schools can basically try to recruit you with money from what they call NIL which is name, image, and likeness money. Yep. Uh, one of the angles from NIL money, Ralph, uh, that money cannot come from the school or the college itself. It must come from what they call boosters. But there's some boosters that are willing to spend a lot of money to upgrade the talent level at their, at their alumni. So there's a lot of money to be made. Yeah. And, and if you notice, some of these kids have actually gone into the uh, portal like two, three years in a row. Yep. Because every year they want to get paid. Yeah, let's call boosters sponsors. It's really that simple. There's sponsorship money out there. The uh, yep. the, the games right now that have implications with portals uh, during the uh, the college football is uh, our UNLV team, Utah, and uh, also USC, Oklahoma, Oregon State, and Ohio State. So keep that in mind, folks. And, of course, Richie, you'll be uh, with us uh, throughout the college football season along with handicapping Southern California and uh, football as well and, of course, the NFL too. Um, I'll let you go, and, uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll talk to you. Uh, uh, I guess we'll talk to you tomorrow, right? Yeah, I'll call we got a, We got a Thursday night football game. New England Patriots against the Steelers. Uh, right now the Steelers are favored by six. Uh, the quarterback situation for both teams is so bad, Ralph, that the uh, the total is in the low 30s, which is really low for the National Football League. Wow. And, uh, you know, one last point about the portal. The first day that it was available for college uh, athletes to join, right. there was like a 1,000 athletes from these schools joined the portal. Yeah, the, the, the uh, teams I was talking about, there are key players in those, uh, in those, yes. in those teams. Especially that quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks. Yes. All right, thanks a lot, Rich. Appreciate that. And uh, we will go to our last break. When we come back after this break, we're going to have Jonathan, uh, John Lindo, I should say, and uh, also uh, Jerry Jackowitz will be uh, jumping in uh, for a couple of minutes uh, to talk about racing as well. So don't go away. We're right back here from the South Point Studios in Las Vegas, your race day show for this Wednesday. Don't go away. Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's Racebook has the answer. 
Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the Racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our Racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service, bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. Horse racing fans, Los Alamitos Racecourse continues its celebration of 10 years of daytime thoroughbred racing with an action-packed two-week winter meet in beautiful Orange County. Opening day is Friday, December 8th, and racing will be held Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays through December 17th. First post will be 12.30 p.m. Pacific. Our December meet is our biggest daytime meet of the year with five stake races on tap, including three graded stakes events. Our opening Saturday will feature the running of the Grade 2 Starlet featuring an outstanding field of juvenile fillies. And on Saturday, December 16th, top juveniles will race in the Grade 2 Los Alamitos Futurity. Other top stakes events include the Bayacoa, the Soviet Problem, and the King Glorious. And horse players, the Los Alamitos On-Track Live Money Handicapping Contest is back on Saturday, December 16th. You could win a seat to the National Handicapping Championship in Las Vegas. For the contest format and more, go to LosAlamitos.com. Daytime racing is back at Los Alamitos. Opening day is set for Friday, December 8th. Race Day Las Vegas Show, the only exclusive daily local media racing information source in Las Vegas. Um, can we at least hear John Lindo? We can't. His his uh, microphone, John, we're having a little problem there. I don't know if you can hear me or not, but uh, all I can say is that uh, we will wait and see. By the way, I want to remind everybody, uh, while we're trying to figure out the uh, techno technology with uh, John, that, um, w uh, you know, for the folks who are listening for the first time, I know the people who are on uh, South Point Studio TV and the people are there, are watching us and listening to us now. But it's important for all of the Race Day listeners who have, um, you know, listened to us for years on all of the different platforms, if they would just go to southpoint.tv and just subscribe. And it's free. The subscription is free. Everything is free. So, uh, you know, you, it, there's no cost to you. We just want to find out if you guys want to come on board and uh, maybe watch uh, the race day show as well so you can uh, subscribe here and we have uh, they there are several other uh, sports shows that are on uh, the uh, the south point uh, tv right now one of them at noon is called the punch lines which is with uh, frank nicotero frank nicotero is a funny good guy he knows a lot about it he has great guests and and talk about uh, sports wagering and a lot of other things too so uh, the the name of the show is Punchlines, and it's on at noon, and uh, they'll and of course uh, Vinny Mulillo 
and uh, Chris Andrews uh, of the uh, Sportsbook have their show on every day here. Uh, you could just check it out on the website when, when their um, shows are on. They're usually on in the morning, talking about all the point spreads and where the money's going, et cetera, a little handicapping. It's, it's really good stuff. Wouldn't uh, send you down the road just to, to have you watch. It's good stuff. These are great programs, and you can get them right here at uh, South Point Studio. TV. All you have to do is subscribe. It's free. And of course, uh, we're also on uh, YouTube. And I think I could hear John now. John, are you there? I can hear you. And let's uh, see if we can get you a point. Are we, is he punched up now on the on the air? Or are, are we're not getting him punched up yet, but we can hear you, John. Okay. Anyhow, uh, real quick. Uh, I got to ask you this one question because I, I read it the other day and couldn't believe it. Pat Valenzuela is trying a comeback. Is he thinking of a comeback at 61 years old? He is a talented person, though. No doubt about it. Well, I can I can say I can honestly say this, uh, John, that uh, uh, you know along the way with uh, Pat Valenzuela, if he goes back to his forte when he was writing, Edwin Maldonado's in going to be in sorry shape because both of those guys have a forte of getting horses out comfortably and right out to the lead in front. Could change the complexion well, of a lot Pat of races. Well, will make things happen. Uh, he will not sit still and let them take the fight to him. He will take the fight to whoever he's riding against. Yeah, no question about that. Okay, um, John, uh, I guess uh, the George Wolf Award, uh, they have the nominations for the uh, George Wolf Award that's uh, presented at Santa Anita. It is in honor of George Wolf, of course, who was uh, killed uh, back in 1935. Uh, I uh, uh, well, he actually won the uh, Santa Anita Handicap in 1935 with Azucar, but he, he uh, fell in a spill at uh, Santa Anita and was killed uh, hitting uh, the railing. And so they have, uh, he's, he was known as the Iceman. He was a great jockey in, back in, in those days, and uh, this, this award is uh, named after him. Uh, but it's an award not just for accomplishment by virtue of just statistics, but because of the individual and the character of the individual jockeys that uh, received the award. Right, and it's voted on by his peers, so uh, everybody around the nation will vote on the on the uh, finalist, and they'll determine early next year who will win that award, and, and you can only win it once, and it really is a prestigious award that the jockeys take uh, quite a bit of pride when they do receive the recognition. The jockeys are Junior Alvarado, Alex Berzer, Julien Le Peru, Edwin Maldonado, we were just talking about him, and Rodney Prescott. These are the five that uh, will be voted on for the George Wolf Award, and of course, will be awarded during the Santa Anita Winter Meeting. Yeah, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, I, I like all four of the finalists. I think they're good guys, and uh, uh, we, you know, it, it, it isn't just a West Coast thing; it's a national thing. Yeah, no question about that. It's uh, it's a prestigious award. I know the jockeys. 
when they receive that award, it's not like getting the gold watch for winning a, a you know a jockey championship or a title out of a racetrack. It really means something to them. By the way, talking about titles, we wrapped up Del Mar, and there was a little bit of a action going on between Juan Hernandez and Flavian Pratt for the leading jockey of the Del Mar Winter Meet. Uh, what happened there? Well, going in the last day, uh, Juan Hernandez had a three-winner lead. Flavian Pratt won the first race of the day on Sunday. Uh, Juan Hernandez did win one and kind of put it away. Uh, Flavian Pratt won another. So Juan Hernandez was a leading rider. I think it turned out to be 21 to 19. Uh, we won't see those guys quite as often at the Los Alamitos meet that comes up. I see Joel Rosario is actually named on a horse on opening day Friday. That's a surprise to me. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's a meet that uh, is a little bit different. Uh, but good racing. We're going to have the Starlet on Saturday, the Los Alamitos Fraternity on, on uh, the following Saturday, and uh, some good racing down there, and the Champion of Champions for the Quarter Horse Saturday night. All right, well, John, I'm going to let you go because I want to stick in Jerry Jackowitz just for a minute or two before we sign off, so uh, we will talk to you tomorrow, John. I'll be ready, and I'll have a play for Gulfstream Park tomorrow for you. Good, and we'll, we'll get that connection squared away, that's for sure. Thanks a lot, my man. Now we're going to go to Jerry Jackowitz standing by, and his... Uh, domicile there jerry good morning good morning how are you ralph i'm doing fine and i see you got all your paraphernalia behind you including your new york uh, jersey back there for your new york team etc but uh, jerry i know that uh, we we are really uh, caught on time but we got about a minute and a half left and i want what i want to do is uh, just uh, tell everybody about the jerry j's power page yeah, that's uh, what we'd like to do. As you know, Ralph, the power page is made as a handicapper's assistant. What we're trying to do is give you ratings so that you can start to get a sense of the how far apart each horse is and what their potential is relative to each one. Mm -hmm. So you can make a judgment. You know, there might be two horses very close together. One might be two to one. One might be six to one. Maybe that six to one is really the right place to play. And uh, it's designed to go with your handicapping. And what we also give you is some alerts. We give you alerts on early speed. We give you alerts on whether they're mutters or potentially good on the wet. And, of course, we give you uh, our star horses, which have for over 30 years been profitable on a flatbed basis. And we have our V horses, which have been fantastic this year, which are value-added horses. The, the idea between the V horse was that we often get the right horse. We're trying to put together an, exa an exotic, an exact or trifecta. The V horse originally was thought to be a horse that could come in third or fourth in the, in the tries and supers. But, in fact, they win their share out, and they're profitable for the year by an even greater margin than the uh, star horses are, which is pretty fantastic. So that's what we do. We're here to work with your own handicapping or with the tip sheet, you know, Right. I always say John and Jerry go well together. All right. Now, uh, for the folks who are watching us, they don't understand that what we normally do at the end of each show that's a signature here. And when we start our closing music, which we're going to do right now, I usually say, and thanks a lot for listening, folks, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow, God willing, and Crick Don't Rise. And then I turn it over to you for the signature sign-off on the Race Day Las Vegas show. And we're going to do that again today. So, Jerry, without any further ado, we want to thank all the folks for watching today on uh, the SouthPointStudio.tv. We'll be back tomorrow. But uh, what do you, the last thing to say, go ahead and say it, Jerry. Have a great race day, everybody.